Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S T-O-L-K-I-E-N and Instagram at Tipples and Tolkien. So cozy up, pour yourself a drink, and come on a journey with us this fall on Tipples and Tolkien. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. There are many many copies. And they have a plan. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> this is a weird energy to start with. <laughs> well, this is what happened previously. I said hi. Oh. I mean, I, at some point, I'm sure I've said that. Probably. Um, and at some point, I've also said, action stations, action stations, set condition one throughout the podcast. Welcome back to Set Condition One, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb, and joining me from the CIC... Smooth as a cucumber is the XO Kitsy. <laughs> well, fuck, because I was going to say I'm smooth as a cucumber, but now I can't because you said it first. So thanks for that. Well, everyone's all in accordance with how smooth their cucumbers are, I guess. That's great. I need an adult. <laughs> and here to teach us all about the textures of cucumbers is, of course, the president of the podcast and the 12 Colonies, Andrea. <laughs> I gave up that line of work years ago. Thank you. Oh, imagine imagine being in a, in a school and you're teaching a lesson on, like, textures of things, and you choose to use a cucumber for smooth. Uh-huh. You know what, though? They're not... They're not, they're not somehow, smooth. Well, they're the frequently they're bumpy. Somehow, they're bumpy, but the bumps are smooth. Do you know what I mean? Yes, That's I the do thing know. about a cucumber. <laughs> I, uh, I I went to school once with someone with who cucumber? pronounced it. No. <laughs> uh, with someone who pronounced it cucumber. Cucumber. Oh, I love that. A cucumber. So I, I think of that Sits every time I hear cucumber tree. now. It, I know that our listeners aren't going to see this, but Caleb, I don't think you've seen this part of my house before, correct? Based on I earlier. And I need you to know that the Christmas tree still being up is intentional. It's not I, just that we haven't. It feels worse if you think we just haven't gotten around to taking it down. No, I assumed it was intentional because it also doesn't look like there's anything on it. And it feels yeah, like no. an intentional choice to leave up a tree undecorated. Uh, okay, whereas I just if it was, to make sure. If it was full, still fully decked out, I'd be like, wow, I guess at this point, why bother? It's July. We're just going <laughs> to back on the other just end. Just going to play through. Which for it was our, our pandemic tree. For our listeners, I think it's even August at this point. Uh, oh because that's right. We're back. 
We got renewed for season four, and here we are. Uh, we're back, baby. <laughs> we're, we're back, baby. Which brings me to uh, today's uh, cool quotes from sadgeezer.com, which is uh, from Bender Bending Rodriguez, of course. Uh, <gasps> I'm so embarrassed. I wish everyone else was dead. <laughs> 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 oh, that's such a good line. Yeah. <laughs> Everything Bender says is great because Bender is the greatest. I have a true Bender right here. Oh, look at that little guy. I don't even hey, remember. Neat. I think I maybe like acquired him from an old office. Like he was just sitting at a desk that nobody used. I'm like, well, that's mine now. Mm-hmm. Uh, as often happens with the the things on my desk, the things that I apparently have just decided to steal or take or <laughs> acquire or. Fun, Acquire. Fun fact, fun fact, I have I have the matching Leela from that set that uh, someone gave me a very long time ago. Yeah? Yeah. Neat. I need, yeah. I need a fry and a Zoidberg. You don't need a Zoidberg. Nobody oh. needs a Zoidberg. Why not Why Zoidberg? Not Zoidberg? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so, I'm mad. Fun fact, he never says that in the show. I thought he says it once. Nope. Huh. Does he say something close? Like he definitely says something close, but it's probably like a like you know Luke, I am your father thing, where like exactly. it's not the actual line. Yeah. Uh, or beam me up, Scotty. No one ever actually or says beam me up, Scotty. Play it again, Sam. Yeah, yeah. So when we last left you, we had just done our uh, our season three recap, and we were just. Like everything's just a mess right now. Like we're just hit with with all sorts of bombshell revelations. We know now who four of the final five Cylons are, and nobody in the the crew could possibly have predicted who any of them would be. Uh, and it was a complete shock and surprise to everyone, <laughs> especially uh-huh. especially Andrea, who definitely did certainly. not guess uh, any one of them at any time. Mm, uh, certainly not. And uh, we learned that uh, President Rosalind's cancer has returned. Uh, Starbuck had died, so we thought, but now she's back. She just bitch is back. She shows up and... Uh, on the way to Earth, the, the Cylons catch up to the fleet in a very big way, uh, which is pretty much what sets us up for where we start Season 4 uh, with the fleet desperately trying to spool up their FTL drives after a complete power loss fleet-wide. Uh, and the Viper fi- fighters uh, having been scrambled to try to you know, do whatever they can uh, basically slings and arrows against a fucking tank mm-hmm. uh, that is the, the Cylon fleet. Uh, and so, well, that said, previously on Battlestar Galactica, <sighs> four live in secret. <laughs> Seven are known, four live in secret. One, One will be, be revealed. revealed. <laughs> it's so ominous. I love it. Yeah. Uh, for a show that loves a countdown. Well, and of the course, thing you hinges would, on one now, kind of. You would hope, uh, especially for for Andrew's sake, that that one will be revealed because, like, why set up that there are twelve and you know, give us eleven of them? Counting is hard. Uh, <laughs> and I told you I can't count past four. That's the bass player <laughs> in me. Um, uh, only to not reveal them. Uh, although. I got to admit, and of course we'll, we'll save theories and speculation and whatnot mostly for the end, but I got to admit, it feels very much like they're trying to set up a plot line where uh, our girl Starbuck might be that 12th Cylon. She comes back, but she comes back thinking she's been gone for six hours, hmm. roughly. She says her ship's clock shows six hours, that she 
passed through the storm following the, the raider, uh, the heavy raider, and found herself orbiting Earth. Big blue, big blue oceans, fluffy clouds, the whole works. Uh, but as we know... Must not have been 2021 Earth then. No, <laughs> <laughs> this Earth is on fire, literally, <laughs> everywhere. Good. Um, I just uh, watched... Uh, over the past couple of days, the uh, the recent TV miniseries remake of the Andromeda Strain, uh, and at one point they intentionally uh, scorched the Earth because of this massive plague that's spreading at a Oof. rapid rate. Uh, well, yeah, he's pretty close to home, right? Like I reread the the book like right at the beginning of, or actually maybe right before COVID. I can't remember. Uh, either way, terrible timing. Yeah. Um, but even that somehow doesn't seem to uh, to stack up against the actual state of the world <laughs> that we're currently in, uh, which is to say the Earth that Starbuck found appears to be in, in, in much better shape, be it older or newer or even maybe not the same. Hmm, interesting. We don't I, know. This whole, I mean, I know I have more of just like an outer sp- I know that we've talked time travel before Yeah. Um, and space travel and whether or not those two things are how they work together or not. I mean, really, since I think season one. Um, But so on the one hand, I've been speculating that there's some timey stuff happening. On the other, though, isn't it? This is just I'm about to remind people how little I actually know about this stuff, because isn't it not that crazy to think that because they were so far apart and she had to go through some like... In the same way that we've used the example of if my twin went to the moon or whatever mm-hmm. and stayed up there for however long, they'd come back much older than me. Isn't this like kind of a version of that? Or so, I- so you're you're th- like the interstellar thing, right? Like yeah. they went to a a, a very uh, gra- very large gravity well, and because time slows down under extreme gravity what was 70 years for people on earth was seven years for them on, on the ship. So what you're saying is, could it be the same thing for Starbuck? Like she went through a very heavy gravity thing. Uh, and time slowed down for her. Right. But I guess we would know. Although no, it wouldn't be time slowed down for her. Yeah. For them. No, for her, for her. However that works. (laughs) Yeah. It would be time slowed down for her. Um, that's that's certainly possible. Although we have yet in the show to talk to encounter any uh, in universe physics that right. uh, deal with large uh, large wells of gravity and how that affects space time. So it's unclear if that's actually something that this show uh, yeah. takes into account. But but yeah, uh, theoretically, yes, that's entirely possible. Especially if you consider that the going through that storm. Because that planet was a massive, like gas giant, mm-hmm. so therefore had a lot of gravity. Right. And if you, you know, extrapolate that into she went through a wormhole and ended up at Earth, then yes, she very well could have had time slow way down for her. So yeah. it's entirely possible. Well, Aside from what we learned about the ship a little later, well, like that really throws a wrench into things. That but. that does not explain the ship. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and this show also never really even talks about just the effects of like you know we we've talked about like how how does the jump technology work? Are they traveling? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's FTL. It's faster than life. But like, is it like just simply a point to point like you know folding time and 
punch, you know, punching away through it, or are they actually traveling faster than life, in which or than light, in which case, you know, that can affect the passage of time uh, relative to locations and everything. So there's that. But you mentioned the ship, and that's a really important point too, because not only uh, does she experience the passage of time differently, but she left in a in a beat up old Viper that had seen combat numerous times. Like it was a very familiar thing. And I noticed, like in the sequence where she's flying side by side with Lee during uh, this space dogfight with the Cylons, like that ship looks brighter than his by a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it looks very white and shiny and new. Uh, and then they bring it into the, the hangar deck and the chief goes over and over and over it and can't find, he says he can't find a single dent or scratch in it, but like, there's definitely a big old dent like in the, like by the dorsal you know, tail fin there. Um, I just noticed it. You know what? Like <laughs> Aaron Douglas, I still love you. It's fine. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of which, huh? uh, I think we got to see some more of his uh, classic ad-libbing through this as he's walking around, you know, like, your mama's not here to take care of you anymore. Get your uh, get off your asses and get in those birds. <laughs> like just the it's shit that he so yells through the whole episode just feels Which, very on brand for him. Oh uh, yeah, and especially now that we that we know, uh, we have a, a little update for our listeners. If you don't follow us on Twitter, you should be. Yeah. Because was it just last week? Yeah, that we talked about. Um, the the cameo that we got Kitsy for their birthday and. I shared a clip of the video where mm-hmm. he talks about ad-libbing in that in the first like in the second half of the miniseries I think. Yeah. And he says in that um in that cameo that from that point on he was kind of given the freedom to ad-lib and that he was doing that all throughout the series. So it's fun to be watching for that stuff now. Mm-hmm. We also Managed to rectify the gross injustice ah, of Aaron yes. Douglas thinking that Kitsy was new to the series. Yes, yes, yes. And so and and I got you and I both, Caleb. Um, we're called we're, bastards. We're on notice, <laughs> which I love. That's Aaron Douglas and I will will get our revenge. Uh-huh. Uh, I hope we it will. happens on the show. Yeah, we are, we're we're plotting it. It's, Don't you worry. We are plotting it currently. If Aaron wants, <laughs> and I, if Aaron wants to come on our, our, our little show here and give us the business, then I'm fine with that. Yeah, he can come <laughs> wherever he wants and give us the business. That's, Whoa. <laughs> what? Oh man, this is this is a very thirsty show. Um, but yeah, so the the ship the, the Viper has the same tail number. It's got the same markings and everything, but it's pristine. It's like it's brand new off the line, uh, except it is covered in in Cylon Raider blood, uh, well, which is a new a new addition. We uh, we originally <laughs> in the. The early scenes, we would just see the the Raiders kind of blow apart, and we wouldn't see anything like actually come out of them. Uh, and then after we found out about the meat, we would see the blood in space. This is the first time we've seen blood spatter on a Viper, I think. I think so. <laughs> Boy, does yeah, it. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, um, but that's not the only interesting thing that happened with a Viper. Yeah, yeah. The 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 nav computers have no data whatsoever, and I'm like just completely blank. Okay, there's that too. But I was talking about uh, Sam Anders. Oh, how dare you. Go I on. Know. So he's out there. He's out there flying his first battle. And uh, yeah. Celix, has, Celix has a raider uh, on her tail. And he's like, I got you, don't worry, and tries to shoot it and can't. Like, he's pulling the trigger and nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and the raider flips around and the little, like, uh, fucking slider thing opens up and it scans him. Mm-hmm. 
And, and then it slams shut and it flies away, and then they all start retreating. The whole Cylon fleet starts retreating. Well, did you also catch that they show a close-up of Sam's face, and in that moment, there's a little like flash of red in his eyes, and then the raider like responds by closing its visor plate and flying away. Oh, so I didn't it's catch like that. there's some yeah. form of like silent communication. Silent, 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 silent communication. (laughs) (laughs) Silence. Uh, Portman told him so. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So (laughs) go on, Portman, tell him. (laughs) So I'll wait. Go go on. I want to. I want to hear. No, you you go. You go ahead. No, I'm I'm done. Uh, so am I. <laughs> I done said what I had to say. <laughs> I'm glad that you did. It was. Well, um, I'm glad so the Cylons retreat. They all fly away. They go. Ah, oh, fuck this, and they get out of there. But uh, uh, just before this happens, there's uh, an interesting moment in the the CIC uh, where uh, Saul's uh, Saul Ty is. He's kind of like. Oh, we don't have to talk about this. Well, hey, well he's well, he's kind of. Uh, <laughs> Like, kind of staring off into space. He's not really focused. He's not really paying attention. And, you know, the Admiral's yelling for him, like, Saul, what's wrong with you? Not a not a thing, Bill. I've never felt better in my life. And he pulls out his sidearm, shoots the old man. Uh, right in the eye. Right in the eye, which is poetic. Um, oh, only to yeah, realize an eye for that, an eye, huh? And, of course, we see the look of shock and horror on his face, very reminiscent of the scene with Boomer. Uh, only mm-hmm. to find out that this is in his head as the Admiral is... Still in real life yelling for him, like, what the frack is wrong with you? Pay attention. Uh, I gave you an order. Yeah. And so he, um, even though, as, as we know, just about everyone that can fly a, a, a plane, plane, in quotes, uh, is in the air, in quotes, um, he gives the order to, to ensure that literally anyone who's ever, uh, I forget what it, like anyone held, a stick, held I think the stick, I think is, uh, which, you know, you gotta be, you know, precision of language at Nama because I have held a stick, a um, stick. but I Not have a never, stick, the stick, um, yeah. you know, specify what, what's, what is the stick? Um, but well, you know, they don't have sticks on Galactica. Like, tr- <laughs> like trees don't exist on Galactica. Uh, so they did on cloud nine RP. Yeah, but we're not on cloud nine, are we? <laughs> was that two seasons ago? Oh man. Yeah, um, Jesus. But yeah, that's that's how Enders ends up in the air, uh, even though he's still a, a nugget. He's still not like fully flight ready. Uh, this this is his first flight, and he he botches it. He he's a little bit nervous as to why. Like he, he you know, of course, everyone else excuses it as you know, like first mission jitters. Uh, yeah, you forgot to take your gun safeties off, and he's like, "Yeah, did I forget, or did my programming?" Make me forget. Which, of course, he only says that in the the uh, relative the safe company core of, before. of the, the, the core before. Although he's pretty free with with that, though, because Boomer and I mean, good thing it's Boomer, or maybe not Athena, but here's him, or yeah. I guess here's Tyrell being like he's having that like crisis that identity yeah. crisis. It's like, bud, you need to keep it down, if lest yeah. you be discovered so i actually want to play off that for just a moment and i'm gonna skip ahead to a, a single moment later in the episode uh where rosin is talking to caprica six in the brig uh and she's like you know i don't know i'm here i think i, I guess it's just because of our shared experience and like tell me like did you like did you experience anything did you see anything in the opera house and she's like um 
that it just keeps pushing. Like, what did you do? You know who the final five? Can you tell us uh, who they are? And Caprica says, you know, I've been programmed not to think about them. And Laura plays some weird logic game where she's like, well, you're thinking about them now. She's like, well, I try not to. <laughs> well, try not to is thinking about. And um, Caprica just ends up saying, like, I, they're close. I can feel them. Okay, so that's an important thing to note that Caprica can feel that the five are close. Does Boomer? Because she shows no signs of recognizing. Uh, sorry, yes, Athena. Uh, does Athena? Because oh. she shows no signs of recognizing that any of the four that we've revealed uh, are Cylons. And you would think, with the way that this has been set up, uh, as they're kind of like this mythological group amongst yeah. the Cylons, and they're they're programmed not to think of them. I mean, I guess we know that the individual models have like various personality quirks that. Uh, manifest as essentially like powers. Uh, uh, you know, we know that Leoben is uh, like creepy as fuck. Creepy as fuck. Yeah, his power pretends to be a prophet. Uh, we know that Deanna felt that she could see the the faces of the five when she died. We know that Six is is very uh, kind of attuned uh, with you know, the people around her and able to you know, use that to to manipulate and also seems to like have some sort of understanding of the five. So, like, you know, maybe that's just something that's specific to her and maybe none of the other models can, but it, it stood out to me that she specifically said, like, I can feel them close, but Athena doesn't yeah. at all. That's so I hadn't... My take on that is that Six is still very much... Like, she's still very much a Cylon mm -hmm. in her mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she's... She is on, I mean, I don't know if she's on the side of the Cylons anymore, but, you know, she she very much considers herself still, like, plugged into the Cylon hive mind or whatever you, whatever you will. Athena, I feel like, would be rejecting that, um, it, like, kind of suppressing that part of her where she's, like, not really thinking about things in that way. So that might be why she's not feeling the closeness Ooh, and huh, that's interesting because my I, I hadn't really thought about it and my and as you're you like as I'm working through it now it feels to me like in general I've thought of six and not just six broadly but Caprica specifically um as being more um I think you said in tuned I was thinking intuitive she's somebody who would maybe describe yeah. herself um, on Twitter as an empath, you know what I mean? Like she's got that, like, sure, and, yeah. and so it, it makes sense to me in that way, but it's also, if they can be programmed not to think about them and, and Caprica says, I try not to, which implies mm -hmm. that she could try to, or, you know, that whole thing. And mm -hmm. then Athena knows that as plugged in as she is to the Cylons is how plugged in they can be to her. And mm -hmm. so, if she's trying to feel where the Cylons are and, and all of that, I think that would open her up to being, you know what I mean? Like, and she's so involved in the fleet that that would probably be a kind of um, liability. So yeah, I wonder well, if it's, it's purposeful on her part. And they've kind of dealt with that Why? in the past before where they've uh, kind of hinted at or like outright Sorry. accused her of being the reason the Cylons were able to follow them and track them. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, which seems to not be the case. Although, how did the Cylons find them here at the Nebula? We don't know. Mm -hmm. We legit right. don't, we don't know. know. Um, could it have been 
part of the same signal that activated the four? Could something have drawn the, mm. the silence specifically to that? Could be. We don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't know if we'll, if we'll ever even find out. What we do find out is that there are now 39,698 human survivors left. That's it. That is, that is a very That's, small number. Yeah. Uh, relative to the entire species and even relative to what they had two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, a little over two years ago when the, when the attack happened. So, to that end, you got to save every life. you got to treat every life as precious, even if it's Guy's Baltar. <laughs> I love this Baltar arc, this Baltark. It is Baltark, yes. Baltark. so silly. I love it. Tell I love us about it, it so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so Baltar's got himself another little harem, but this one is... is much closer to like a religious cult than the mm-hmm. previous one. They've got like a big Christmas tree topper with his picture on it, which is my favorite part. <laughs> like a Baltar shrine. Straight mm-hmm. up have a shrine for him. Like mm-hmm. if there was ever any doubt in anyone's mind that Baltar is essentially a Christ figure in this uh, oh, yeah. story, the like the religious overtones with the this cult, uh, the way they like cover him in what appears to be like a kind of a traditional shroud. Little, yeah, yeah, like shroud. Uh, you know, the long hair and the beard, uh, very much. Uh, analogous to white Jesus uh, from all the <laughs> all the paintings, uh, yep. it's very clear that that's what they're going for. Uh, to the point where I, I actually like when they it. they intentionally break that when they they later uh, yeah. shave his beard. Uh, but yeah, so the the woman that we met. Uh, last time, who we finally have a name for. She's no longer just woman. She's named Jean. Uh, and the woman Jean. The woman Jean. Uh, and you'll remember that uh, you know. I was going to no, I can't make a Billie Jean joke here. I was trying. I was trying. Because she has a kid, and she thinks the guy is the one who yeah. can say her kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so her, her kid is, is sick. Uh, she had asked her guys to, to bless him before, and he, he kind of rebuffed her, but you know, she still believes. And so she and the other women helped to save him. Uh, and they bring the kid back from... Uh, from the sick bay because the the doctors uh, specifically Kyle doesn't think that there's anything really that can do for him. It's you know a viral meningitis, uh, and you know the only thing to do is to wait and hope and pray uh, that the the infection goes away. But otherwise, you know, make him comfortable uh, and hope he doesn't die. And so that's what they do. They bring him back, and of course they believe that that guys can help. And so well, you know, I I have been praying for for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, uh, maybe just maybe the one true God just doesn't want him to live. Oh. Her <laughs> character is, I didn't, I, I don't know if they've just really, I mean, they have kind of ramped her up this episode, but I didn't get like much of whatever this, like, I don't even have the word for her. She's such a strange character, but she's so amped about everything that's happening. And of course, we still have uh, the six in his head. Uh, who is guiding him in the ways of God? Uh, and there's a moment where mm-hmm. uh, you know, guys thinks that everyone else is asleep, and he sees the child and has what feels like one of his like most truly genuine, heartfelt, and probably one of one of maybe three times in the entire series where he exhibits anything close to selflessness, mm-hmm. uh, where he begins praying in earnest over the child, uh, and like goes into this whole thing of like you know. 
has like he's done nothing wrong how can he have sinned against you what sin can he have committed uh and why you know why should he die uh and and i live after all that i've done you know if you if you can spare him take me uh you know i'm paraphrasing because i haven't gotten to that point in the uh, uh transcript yet but uh he really like seems to mean it and that that plays into uh to a factor uh fairly soon But nobody takes the visual cue of me drinking anymore. Oh, I thought we were <laughs> waiting for Kitsy to say that there were multiple Dreadus contacts. So I was. We'll take a break when I'm damn well ready. <laughs> oh wow, where were we? So uh, Baltar uh, has has met his harem, his, his new cult, uh, and the, uh, the all the vipers have been scrambled and whatnot. We we know a little bit about what happened uh, after they, they um, came back. Uh, mentally recapping. Did we miss anything during the fight? So, um, Kara's back. And Ooh, we can talk about that in one second, but we have multiple Dreadus contacts, so we're going to go ahead and jump to a safer <laughs> location. I'm going to edit it in so it sounds like you did it exactly when I suggested that you should. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you both. Hello, I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Colin Ryan. And we're here to tell you about the new podcast coming to the Night Shift Radio Network. It's something two white cishet dudes have never covered. Star Trek. But here's the twist. The omnipotent god is actually a malfunctioning robot? No, well, maybe. But the real twist is we roped our mom into it. That's me. Hi, Hi mom. mom. In the monthly podcast, we will cover all the Trek movies from the motion picture to beyond. Our lifelong love of Trek comes from being introduced to it by our mom at a very young age. But that's a story for the podcast. Look at you, Mom. You're a natural. That's why I'm the Admiral. So join us September 8th for our monthly podcast, Where No Mom Has Gone Before. Available on the Night Shift Radio Network, wherever in subspace you catch your podcasts. Now... Which one is the one with the whales? Four. Can you show me the way to Earth? Nope. If, if like, if Battlestar Galactica were a musical. I wish. What? <laughs> oh, we haven't. We've been, yeah, we haven't got to the musical episode yet. <laughs> Stop! Don't fuck with me. Oh my god, this would have been the right time period for uh, the yeah. creators to decide to just throw in a musical episode. Um, it's weird that Battlestar and Lost didn't figure out. Lost did like a soap opera episode, kind of. Was Lost not in and of itself a soap opera? Well, it's like an evening soap. Because Battlestar this was. This was like a. Certainly. Space opera. That's a spoke, 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 yep. That's actually before Ellen was willing to admit how much of a nerd she actually is, uh, back when she was still clinging to some sense of not being a nerd. Uh, that was how we convinced her to watch Battlestar. So we just told her, like, it's a soap opera in space. And she's like, it, I mean, it is, really. It really yeah. is. Yeah. That's like, that's like questions of paternity, people coming back from the dead. Like, all sci-fi is is just other genres, like typically in space or in like a, a futuristic esque setting. That's, yeah, that's really all sci-fi is. <laughs> yeah, 
I love that. Yeah. So, like, anyone can love sci-fi. You don't, you don't have to be a specifically sci-fi nerd to love Even sci-fi. Even people like me and Ellen, who are extremely cool, and in fact, <laughs> you'd think both of us would be way too cool for something like this, but... Here we are. She also Slumming did enjoy it Lost. With you nerds. Slumming yeah, it with you nerds. Because Lost is great. So <laughs> you 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 uh, pronounced terrible wrong there. You're terrible. Lost yes. is great. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> so there we were on the Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> so Kara's back and she's claiming to know the way to Earth, and of course no one. Well, no one knows what to make of this. Earth. Uh, as we as we mentioned earlier, she thinks she's only been gone for six uh, six days, six hours, six hours, six hours. Uh, they tell her she's been gone for over two months because she's you know, to to Anders. Why are you in a jock smock? Which <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like she she thinks of like a few different ways to refer to how he's dressed. Uh, but he's like you know. I, I, I'm, in, I'm a nugget. I just did a bunch of acronyms that nobody knows because we never <laughs> said them before on the show. Uh, and she's like, how's that possible? Uh, but, of course, you know, she, she says, like, I, I can get us to Earth. But then they, they take her down to the, uh, the CIC light table and, uh, you know, she's, she's having a little trouble pinpointing exactly what, what she found. And, uh, of course, uh, our once and former friend Gaeta who now I just this can't fucking guy. stand. He's, he really is this fucking guy now. He's mm-hmm. just shitty to her. He's super shitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, you, oh, I guess, you know, like, I, oh, I guess you just, you can't, oh, you're having trouble finding that. Mm, you know, it, it, that's, that's, that's weird. It's real weird. I, I can't believe that you can't find it. And it's, it's Hilo in this scene, right? Cause I thought it was yeah, Lady it at one point, but it's Hilo nope. who was like, Oh, come on. It took Baltar months to do this. And like, oh, let's, let's, let's let it try. Yeah. Uh, being the sweet, supportive cheerleader that he always is. He really is. He's sweet. He dumb was boy. I did not expect to end up feeling so strongly for, for Hilo as a character uh, with how just kind of like awkward and weird he was early on. <laughs> how That's like, what endeared me to him first. <laughs> total like military Jack Himbo character yeah. that he was early on. And like, uh, but you know, I think you, we, we missed the signs of just how selfless he is mm-hmm. in that first episode where he gives up his mm-hmm. seat for fucking Baltar of all people. That's such a good point. I want to be very clear. I love Hilo. He is still a himbo. I just, yes. I, I want, I don't want anyone to think that I have changed my tune and the reason that I love him now is because he is no longer a himbo in no. my eyes. I love Hilo because, because he's a himbo. Yes. It is not a derogatory term. <laughs> he demonstrates it yet again here. Uh, yeah, so uh, here it is. Uh, um, Starbuck points out some planetary system and Gay is like, it's it's a protoplanetary system. So? Nothing but rocks. No ringed gas giants like you claimed you saw. It's like, I did see it, Lieutenant. You gator. If you say so, sir. <laughs> it's not quite that intense, but... It's, a, it's almost no, that intense. No, because he's so, such a fucking worm. <laughs> what are you, you saying, Mr. Gator? <laughs> I'm not saying anything, sir. I'm just following <laughs> orders. Well, I'm ordering you to help me. Oh, you're ordering me? Just like, yeah, and you just said you're fu- oh, such a worm. I hate him. Hello, just Mr. Gator, take a break. 
<laughs> Mr. Gator, take a knee. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Coy, Mr. Mason, put the sticks down. You're going to sit for a while. Uh, flashback to gym class for... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, you know, Hilo seems to to believe in in Starbuck, but uh, you know nobody uh, nobody else really seems to. Uh, and at one point, uh, I mentioned Hilo says, you know, we've only been at it for a few hours. Maybe found a dozen trinary stars. Baltar's calculations took months. Starbuck, it doesn't work like that. Was the perfect entrance for the admiral as he walks up saying, "How does it work?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how does it work? Uh, and she just, like, she, she sounds a little wooey here. She's like, it's just a feeling. Yeah. It's intuition. I, I didn't use nav fixes. I, didn't, I don't need your maps or your computers or your, your charts or your, your math. Earth she isn't a place. It's a feeling. <laughs> she has to know that sounds crazy. I wish yeah. she had just lied to them like Baltar would have done. Baltar would have pretended to do a bunch of calculations and pointed them in the direction of his heart. And they would have ended up there, and nobody would have known the difference. Like, <laughs> come on, Kara. For a second, I, my brain took a completely different meaning from, from the direction of his heart. He would have made them all love him in the end. <laughs> well, well yeah. we still have a whole season to go. That's true. And <laughs> I still love might. him. Uh, and it, we see, you know, they, it, since they don't have any concrete uh, evidence or, like, any path to go on from Kara. And so the, the Admiral makes the call that, you know, we're going to continue following the president's original plan from the scrolls and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and they keep jumping away, which we get the return to the jump countdown, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. The is... Haven't had that in a while. No, it's mm-hmm. one of those things that goes by the wayside until it's seemingly necessary. I don't know. But uh, we get a couple instances uh, uh, over the, the last few episodes where they do that. But um, each time they jump away, Kara appears to, to get a headache, and she you know, starts, starts saying, like, oh, I'm, I'm losing it. It's getting weaker. If we jump one more time, I'll, I'll lose it forever. I'll never be able to find it. Uh, and so she's convinced that they're going the wrong way. She tries to convince the Admiral, but he's just like, look, unless you can give me something to work with, like, that we... Like, I'm sorry. That conversation is heartbreaking. It's mm-hmm. one of my like least favorite moments so far this series. When he, when like she's on the the hangar deck and everyone's being weird around her, and the admiral walks in from like the the catwalk above and like Starbuck. I was just I was so hoping for like a test of like who you are for for him to say like what do you hear. But he yeah. doesn't. Instead, the Marines point guns at her. The president wants to throw her in the brig. And Rosalind, here she goes again. There's a, a genuine conversation around whether or not she might actually be a Cylon. And you know, that's, again, that, that's a reasonable assumption at this point. And yeah. uh, Adama even makes the point, like, well, I guess we're right back to where we started, that you know, anyone in this fleet can be uh, a Cylon. And <laughs> there's a moment where... Uh, you know, they're conjecturing about, like, how did the Cylons find them? And Tori's like, maybe something changed. And mm-hmm. Rosalind's like, like what? And Ty's like, I, I, I don't know, Madam President. I just don't know. <laughs> they're not. I like how they turned into Richard Nixon job. there for a second. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> yes, that was my my uh, Saul Nixon. <laughs> Love that. They are not doing a good job playing it cool. Not They're a single not. one of them. No. Maybe Tyrrell. I think Tyrrell's doing the best job, but yeah. like they are. Come well, on, y'all. Well, if you remember, Tyrrell is accustomed to hiding something about the Cylons. True. So. True. <laughs> he, he had to hide dating one for a while. That's he, a but good he didn't point. know she was a Cylon then. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a really so we we've talked in the the last few episodes about this growing rift between Lee and Bill Adama, uh, you know, that culminated in Lee turning in his Viper pilot wings and you know, the admiral accusing him of having no integrity and so forth, and that you know, led Lee into civilian life and to take up the the, the Baltar case, and of course he jumped back in the the cockpit for uh, this uh, attack. And you know, there's a, a moment where they're in the the pilot's ready room. They're watching uh, Lee's gun camera footage of uh, Kara's Viper blowing up, and just of her her last moments. And they're just watching it on repeat. And um, you know, the the elder Adama is like, you know, you know, do I follow my eyes or my heart? <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, of course, he, he takes a moment and, and kind of a, a rare, but not, not uncharacteristic, but still rare uh, moment. He expresses genuine gratitude to Lee for suiting up and, and helping out in the fight. And Lee was like, you know, we, we needed everyone. Uh, and he go, uh, Adama pulls the, the Viper wings out of his pocket and like puts them on a, uh, a desk between them and says, you should put these back on. Uh, you know, between you and me, we still need everyone uh, up there. And Lee's like, I took those off for the wrong reasons. And he says, so put them back on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's not a full-on apology or, like, neither one of them is admitting anything or mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, uh, attempting to really correct anything. Uh, they're doing a, a very uh, very coy family thing where after a fight, you just <laughs> pretend everything's fine and move on. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Lee says, you know, the trial might have been the trigger, but, you know, this is a feeling I've, I've had for a while. It's time for change. I need to move on. Uh, and this is where it gets a little weird. Like, I've had some feelers from the government. There's a, a position opening up. So they're just making new government positions? Like, oh, or is, like did somebody retire? Or I guess, I, I mean, somebody could have died, I guess. But who are these fucking feelers? Like, your dad's girlfriend is the president. <laughs> what are you being, like... And she's not terribly happy with him lately either mm-hmm. for his yeah. part in the trial feelers who like this is the craziest thing i'm sorry of all the things that have happened on the show this is the thing i really what is what is he talking about i suppose like, in, in theory it could be someone from the quorum uh reaching out to him because the quorum is essentially the the legislative body of uh, of the the colonies in, in just, this case but like it's just bonkers. So I mean, it's so silly. Maybe he's going to go. Zarek. I hope he's going to go work with Zarek. I would love that. That actually would be great. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, go work in the office of the vice president. Yeah. Or, or you know, maybe like the PyCon delegate needed an assistant or something. Um, but yeah, the. Uh, I was going to say the positions could have opened up in the government government because we lost at least two ships uh, in this. True. And true. Almost lost some more. Um, so, uh, there, there's one in specific, uh, Prixis, I think was uh, the name of the ship or Pixis, mm-hmm. uh, Something like that. the, the ship blows up and 
you know, the the president you know calls out by name the the captain of the ship and knows how many people were on it you know 600 souls on that um which i'm always weirded out in shows like this where they count people by souls uh or not just shows but like in in general in uh you know stories like this because um there's a it, feel, it, it feels like a very naval thing right hmm. like that's yeah. what you do on ships and and space is kind of like okay you count okay. people I, by souls on ships i did, I did not know, know that. that was a thing yeah, yeah it's like a thing yeah right oh. okay well now i like it yeah. If it's they're just drawing another yeah, like, naval parallel, then I'm fine well, yeah, with it. Yeah, like when a ship sinks, they'll say like, oh, 300 souls on board. Mm. Okay. But it's, we it's, don't I do that with other like, like a train, would you say? I don't think so. I think it's an old, huh. I think it, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, speculating this point, but I think it dates an old like uh, seafaring tradition. Like it's, just, it's a superstition of, of some sort because yeah. you know sailors of old were very superstitious. So I think mm-hmm. it, it, com- it 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 stems from that. Yeah, huh. uh, which our modern navy stems from that, and mm-hmm. most space shows uh, they just kind of treat the spaceship like a submarine because essentially that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's accurate. Um, so back to our good pal Baltar. Uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, I, I think the, the show did a, made an interesting twist by uh, you know, fully establishing him as a Christ analog in this. But then there's a scene where um, another one of the, the women in the, the cult uh, takes him to uh, one of the, the nearest bathrooms and uh, takes out a straight razor. And, of course, he momentarily is like, well, this is it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, she, she helps him shave. And uh, he looks good. I forgot yeah. how good he looks like that. Yeah. Um, um, but then uh, we, we've seen a couple of times there's been some men lurking about the halls, the corridor, sorry, as uh, as they've been scurrying guys uh, back and forth. Uh, and these men follow them into the, the bathroom. And uh, the uh, who's the, the man uh, named Connor? And he's like, uh, do you remember me? We, we met at the, the groundbreaking ceremony. I, I introduced you to my, my son, Kevin. And uh, Baltar's like, oh, he's a, he's a little redheaded boy, isn't he? About, about eight or nine? Uh, and Connor says, seven. Seven years. Oh, how is, it? How is Kevin? He's dead. Your police <laughs> shot him. I'm like, well. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Jesus. Uh, Oof. And so, of course, uh, the, the accomplice comes in the room and grabs Paula and puts her in a chokehold. And uh, Connor grabs uh, Baltar uh, you know, around the, the neck and holds the uh, the... Straight razor to his throat, and uh, there's a, a vision of Caprica saying, "You know, did you mean what you said earlier about you know you tr- being willing to trade your life for the the uh, the kids?" And uh, in one of my favorite moments of Baltar interacting with Six in his mm-hmm. head, but like projecting that into the real world situation, he says, "You know, yes, get go, do it. Take me, take kill me. I deserve mm-hmm. it." And Connor doesn't know what to do. He's kind of thrown off by that uh, just long enough for Paula to conveniently grab a, a metal pipe and beat the shit out She goes fucking guy. ape shit on this dude. It is, I, so, oh shit, like by myself in my house watching it out loud. I was so, 
That she well, was like she's been waiting to beat somebody to death with yeah. something heavy. Like, well, and then he's he's down for the count, and she's still beating the fuck yeah, out of him. Guys is. has to stop her. It's wild. <laughs> guys like pulls her back. She's like, no. And she's like, you see, you see, I knew God wouldn't desert you. I mean, yeah, I felt his love coursing through up. me, gave me the strength to smite them. <laughs> it's like a, a little less smiting. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Wild. I love Baltar. <laughs> Unless you want to be held up on murder charges. How is that uh, dude not dead? Which Oh, uh, that dude's dead. Right? He's gotta like, be. That dude's gotta be dead. If he's Baltar, not, he wants he wishes he was. Yeah, he's, Baltar implies that he's not though. Uh, I'm so I mean, glad you said Connor's name because I couldn't remember if I actually recognized him or not, and if that was like a real thing that we saw, but it was because I remember that it's makes no sense that Kevin's father would have the name of one of his classmates that yeah. like all Kevin's and Connor's are <laughs> are 11 years old, seven years old. But I remember Which, uh, that. I love that. Uh, after having his, his throat partially cut and like he's, he's holding a, a towel to it and his vo- throat's kind of hoarse. Uh, James Callis's voice in, in this scene comes out way more like deep and gravelly, like uh, his portrayal of Alucard in the Netflix, Netflix Castlevania series. I'm oh, like, funny! Ah, there it sounds, is. It sounds like the guy. <laughs> <laughs> when oh. he took that drink of water, I wanted the water to come spilling <laughs> out of his neck, like an old Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> it's like that's definitely not how necks work, but like it would be hilarious. <laughs> Um, and of course, uh, when Gaius arrives back uh, amongst the harem, uh, you come to find out Derek is is all better. Like no sign of fever. He's up. He's smiling. Everybody's just everybody's just great. You know, thank the one true God, I guess, or, or I guess the kid's immune system. Who knows? There's no it's way one of those know. two. So it's crazy timing. That uh, that definitely. Reinforces Gaius' standing amongst this cult, uh, which we also learn that you know he he's eventually like you know okay this is this is all great and all this is wonderful but like when when are we leaving? And they're like guys, no other ship will have you. So yeah. just just because he's been acquitted doesn't mean <laughs> that he's going to be safe amongst the mm-hmm. fleet. Uh, which what is, is it? Not guilty doesn't mean innocent. Doesn't mean innocent. Doesn't mean innocent yeah. Uh, and it's also interesting because like no other ship will have him, but like Galactica doesn't really want him either. So like they yeah. they found this uh, somehow found this unused cabin uh, that they set up shop. You know, well it's a cabin. Whatever, it's the same. Um, we're not, we're not going to do the semantics thing right now. Uh, <laughs> Caleb's had enough. We are four seasons into the show. And Caleb says no more. Um, I feel like the show could have been called Battlestar Semantica up until this point, but this far and no further. That was very good. That was Thank so good. Y'all. It made Kitsy throw their microphone away. That's how uh, you know. <laughs> it's in the garbage now. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, so Kara finds herself in the Hall of Remembrance, and she's looking at her photo, which is right where she made Lee promise to put it. And uh, mm-hmm. along comes Samuel T. Anders. Uh, the pyramid player? The pyramid player. The Cylon? Yeah, <laughs> the Cylon as well, uh, mm-hmm. which 
<laughs> feels good. We never even went into his like little mantra that he recited to himself to like you know ground himself in his humanity while oh, yeah. you know, having the transmit button down so everyone could hear him. <laughs> like way to play it cool, Sam. It's like, like he wants to get caught. He it kind of oh. does, I think. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, there's a, a little bit of like a, a comparison to Boomer there, where like in some ways it kind of felt like Boomer wanted to to be mm-hmm. found out and mm-hmm. wanted to be caught so she could be stopped. Um, but there is a difference in the, and, and that's you know that's covered in this conversation where you know Kara says like nobody nobody came and took it down like not Lee not not the Admiral not even you Sam. And they're like, look, you just got back, and like, we're mm-hmm. we're still processing this. And Starbucks, you know, like, you, know, you know, what what if I'm like Boomer, like, you know, spending my whole life thinking I'm one thing? Uh, and Sam's like, you know, it, it, even if you were a Cylon, you've always been one, and like, Ugh. that changes nothing to me. And she's like, yeah, well, if I found out you were a Cylon, I'd put a bullet between your eyes. Woof. Yeah, oof, the doof, girl. <laughs> that is, she means it too. Like, I don't know. What was that thing you wanted to tell me, Sam? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, my name is Samuel T. Anders. I am from (laughs) Pagana. Although, (laughs) it does mean less because, wait a minute, do the, yes, never mind, I'm stupid, but put a bullet in Anders' eyes and all you do is send him home. So it's not such a big deal, but it's still, you know, it still speaks to how much hatred she has for the Cylons. So... Here's the thing: is like we 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 know obviously that that these four are Cylons, but we know that there's something different about them. We don't know if the resurrection ship has copies of them for them to download into. We That's don't know what point. happens to these four if they die, because so far they've been living like hmm. entire mortal yeah. lives. We know like uh, uh, presumably think... like Tyrell, you know, Anders, uh, and. Tori are all right around 40 years old, uh, given, you know, give or take, maybe a little less, maybe in their 30s. Uh, and we know that Ty has been in the service for 40 years. So, like, for all we know, these four have lived full, like, birth to eventual death human lives. We don't know <laughs> if they, if they, if yeah. they regenerate. We just I'm don't. I'm glad you said that because I think, I don't, now I don't remember if we talked about it on, if this is, something we talked about in an episode or not, but, um, and I've already forgotten why I'm saying that. Oh, before we knew who they were, I think that was mm-hmm. one of the things that, that I had speculated or that we talked about is the idea that the final five, maybe we don't know because there are, there is slash are only one copy of each. And I thought maybe they were being like protected up somewhere because, and that's, I think when I, we started talking about, the idea of um, there being like little like um, messenger bots kind of things, like going mm-hmm. out and doing their bidding for them. Mm-hmm. And so obviously we know the that's not the case, but it wouldn't be. Although it seems crazy that if they didn't have like, why couldn't they just make more? Yeah, maybe we'll have to watch and find out what would. So I can't believe I've got 19 weeks like there are only 20 episodes this season, I think I it's too long. It's too long. <laughs> uh, a little fun fact. Uh, I haven't like dug for any trivia to confirm if this is the actual inspiration, but he says, I went to Noyce Elementary School. Uh, now, Robert Noyce. Noyce? Like N-O-I-C-E? N-O-Y-C-E. 
Nice. Uh, with a Y instead of an I, but yeah, same. Oh, okay. uh, Robert Noyce was a, an acclaimed <laughs> physicist who founded uh, Fairchild uh, Semiconductor and Intel. Uh, so uh-huh. he was, that was a real person, and it stands to reason that they would have that as a little Easter egg. Uh, yeah, that, that's some it, lost shit right there. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, I like that. But yeah, so uh, the, the the ship makes another jump that we get uh, D do a quick countdown for. And that, you know, this is the moment where Starbucks like, if we take one more, I'm going to lose it forever. Like, I have to convince the president. And Henry's like, yeah, you're probably not going to do that. And she knocks him out, knocks out the guards, takes one of their guns, and goes to uh, the the admiral's quarters where the the president is is resting. Yep. And points the gun at her. To be continued. This is... (laughs) I don't think that Kara would shoot Rosalind because it's not going to help anybody. But... I know how stubborn Rosalind is, and I don't know that Kara holding a gun to Rosalind's head is going to do anything to sway her, because she doesn't think anybody's going to shoot her. We've seen Rosalind just wave people (laughs) away when they've had guns on her, and it's worked. So, like, I don't know what... I just want them... They've been bopping all over this fucking universe for how long? And I don't know why we can't just humor Kara for one or two jumps and see it. Just, I hate, I hate how they're treating her. On the one hand, I sort of understand it. On the other, like, again, literally anybody could be a Cylon. So I don't know why Kara's getting such a rough go of it. It makes me furious. I hate it. Yeah. Well, and I understand why like they they react this way it does make sense but i I agree like it's it's frustrating because Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like she really is a cylon it feels like even if like like enough weird shit has happened already in this show that like it's not that unbelievable that somehow she's back yeah and in fact i am less inclined to think she's a cylon at this point i think there's a chance that the cylons are somehow using her I don't know to what end, I don't know why, like, but there's part of me that thinks that could be the case, and so the it's fair to speculate and to be cautious, mm-hmm. but it just, I don't know what I think is going on yet, obviously, but I'm just, I'm pissed, I'm pissed, and I, I just hope we get a really great scene of everybody else eating fucking crow because Kara's <laughs> right. The scene, we, we didn't talk about it directly, and I want to just quickly before we, we sure. say goodnight. Yeah. But when they're in the CIC and Adama comes over and they have that conversation and she says, you once said you loved me like a daughter. If you still do, please trust me on this. And he says, I can't afford to. Yeah. And it just is so heartbreaking. Yeah. It yeah. is I, really one of my least favorite scenes. Like that was, oh, God, they did that. So, yeah. You, you've already said you don't you don't think that Starbuck will actually shoot the president. And I'm in, I'm inclined to agree. It doesn't feel like a thing that Starbuck would do. Um, but I'm I'm also curious to see what the president's actual reaction is going to be. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a okay, let's try it your way, or if she like turns around and goes all badass, like you're not going to shoot me. Yeah. I'll shoot and you it first. Could go, <laughs> it could go either way with her. She and Adama mm-hmm. have 
this similar thing of being so stubborn and it's my way or the highway mm-hmm. until we decide that it's not and it's fine. And then and then maybe I'll act like it was even my idea yeah. in the first place to do the thing. Yeah. And so that could that could happen. I just I want I now that we're in this final season, we're sort of like seeing where this arc goes and there is part of me that hopes they make it to Earth before the season, the series finale, in the mm-hmm. way that the show has kind of like taken what you think are typical story arcs and where they're going to go and, and and turn them on their heads, like giving us four of the last Cylons. Uh, it's such a yeah. weird. So I could see us getting to Earth and there still being some shit to work out. And mm-hmm. I would like for that to be the case, I think. Oh, well, we're going to find out because uh, now that the, the fleet Ooh, is... Oh, in this next episode? Yeah, we're, like everything wraps up in this next episode, and then the, oh, cool. the last, last of it uh, is mostly musical. Uh, oh, <laughs> and a few flashbacks. Yeah, and, and, right, a few, yeah. and some bottle episodes. Uh, there's we a, finally figure out what happens with Lee and that sex worker. Yep. Uh, we get a, another full episode just of Lee thinking about his, his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> We we get uh, some real torrid flashbacks of uh, Tyrrell and Boomer. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, now you're talking about language. Seen, seen through the eyes of a jealous Callie. Well, well hold on. <laughs> oh, pining, I forgot about Callie. Pining for him. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you know, now that now the fleet is back up to, to jump readiness, uh, I guess we're we're gonna see if the next jump takes us closer or further away from Earth. Uh, now and for eternity, so say we all. So say we Begin all. Begin jump prep. So say we're we leaving. We'll be back.